Are you tired of spending hours listing cards for sale? Well, the ComC Marketplace is the easiest place to sell cards online. ComC will identify, scan, list, store, insure, package, and ship. Just send them the cards and they will take care of the rest. All you have to do is set the price. Visit ComC.com today to start selling your cards. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. This week, I want to open by talking about one of the most exciting mail days I've gotten in quite a while. It was very exciting for me. As you might know if you've been listening a while, I have been a Norman Smiley super collector. He's one of my favorite wrestlers from the Attitude Era back in the late 90s. And as I talked with Zan Morning and some of the other folks in the, the wrestling card community, I was trying to find somebody who I could connect to, who I had an attachment to, and I wanted to find somebody who didn't have a ton of cards, and Norman Smiley only has about 65 different cards that have been identified up to this point, and I went through and I started to buy some of those. There's a bunch of autographs. The great thing about it is a lot of them were only costing me five, six, ten, fifteen, twenty dollars $15, and I got to the point where almost everything that I still needed was a one-of-one either a printing plate or a one-of-one serial numbered card or one-of-one auto. There's a few different things like that. And I had had everything except, I think, four or five different cards that don't have uh, one-of-ones, but all of the rest, like 15 or 16 cards, were one-of-ones. Well, did some sleuthing, and I'll probably cover this in a little more detail in a future um, podcast, but I did a little sleuthing, and, and one thing led to another and found somebody who had four one-of-ones and a numbered to 10 autograph that I still needed and was able to reach out to him. It's kind of a blind stranger and and we were able to talk a little bit about it. He still had those cards. He was willing to figure out a deal for them. We figured something out and this week I got them in the mail. So I was able to knock off four one-of-ones off the Norman Smiley Super Collector list from one, one seller and also a, a number to 10, which I had never seen in any other platform. And so super excited to build out that Norman Smiley Super Collection with five really hard-to-find cards. So that was my mail day this week that really added to my Super Collection. Pretty pumped about it and uh, really enjoying looking at those cards at this point. If you want to see them, I did put out a tweet and an Instagram post earlier last week, so you can scroll back a little bit and you can see those smiley cards that I added. Well, our guest this week is Rex from the Sports Card Shop. They've been a longtime sponsor. We had them on, it's probably been pushing two years now when we first had them on shortly after he opened his shop, but a lot of things are changing at the Sports Card Shop they are continuing to grow and expand up in New Buffalo, Michigan. And so I wanted to bring Rex back on to talk a little bit about how things have changed over the last couple of years, what he's learned, and how they've gone about continuing to expand the shop and the impact that they're making in their community. So after 
you hear from the Sports Card Shop, we're going to get into that conversation directly with Rex from the Sports Card Shop. Hi, this is Pat Hughes, Cubs announcer, coming to you from the Sports Card Shop in beautiful New Buffalo, Michigan. The Gocher family has built an incredible place here for collectors to buy, sell, and trade cards and memorabilia. Be sure to stop by and let them show you around. TheSportsCardShop.com, connecting sports, athletes, the hobby, and collectors around the world. Well, I had Rex from the Sports Card Shop on the show a couple years ago, shortly after he opened his store up in New Buffalo, Michigan. Well, over these last couple of years, some things have changed with Rex in the Sports Card Shop, so I wanted to bring him back on to catch us up on what's been going on. Rex, welcome. Thank you, Mike. Always a pleasure to be here. When we last talked, you had mentioned how when you opened up the shop, you had segmented off a portion of retail space of your existing flooring business to dedicate to sports cards. Well, since then, that retail space has continued to evolve. Tell me a little bit about what your footprint looks like today. So uh, in New Buffalo, our current footprint now is at uh, just under uh, 1,700 square feet. Uh, and there's really, there's three different sections. The section that we first opened uh, was uh, probably um, maybe a fifth of that total space. And then uh, with our first expansion we picked up, we pretty much doubled that. And then um, our last expansion, which probably was right about a year ago now, we, we went into um, the rest of that space and really took the entire, uh, the entire unit for the sports card shop. So um, it's been, it's evolved from, you know, around, I, I'd say, you know, uh, 500 square feet to, you know, what it is now. And um, uh, it's just a, it's just a gathering place for collectors. It's a great place to, you know, not only just, you know, come and buy, sell, trade cards and memorabilia, but it's a great hangout too. We, uh, we now have the ability to host special events like athlete signings and um, birthday parties, uh, you know, rip parties, uh, trade nights, things like that uh, can all happen here now because of the size of the space. So when you took over the, you know, additional foot square footage and you were adding that to the footprint of the, the card shop, were you doing that with intentionality as far as what you were planning to use that space for? Or were you just planning, did, were you just going into it knowing that you needed more space to be able to sell more cards? Kind of talk to me a little bit about why you decided to take on that space when you did. So the first the first expansion was largely because um, we wanted to offer sports memorabilia. Uh, so we that was uh, one of in fact it was our very first strategic uh, partnership. We partnered with Rick Edgerly from Father and Son Sports Memorabilia, um, and we'll talk more about that you know down the line here uh, when we start to talk about our partnerships. But uh, that was our first partnership, so we wanted more space for memorabilia. Uh, which takes up a lot more space than cards typically. So that was the first, uh, the reason for the first expansion. The reason for the second expansion was because we really wanted to be, um, we really wanted to offer the collector community something other than just a transactional 
place to come in and, you know, again, buy, sell, or trade. We wanted to have events. We wanted to be able to have athletes here to sign and uh, autographs and meet their fans. We wanted to be able to have birthday parties uh, for kids to come in and, um, you know, rip packs, play games. I mean, we have in the in the collector's cave back there, you know, there's a pool table, there's a ping pong table, there's some classic arcade games. So it's a great place for kids to just kind of hang out and, and um, you know, enjoy the hobby and, and, and play some games and, and uh, that sort of thing. So that was really the impetus for those, ex uh, those two expansions. A couple of years ago, we went on our, our summer vacation and spent a week up in your area. I had a chance to come into the shop and, and see what was going on at the time. You know, at that time, you pretty much were primarily focused on, on wax, singles, and um, a little bit of memorabilia at that time. You talked about that first square footage expansion, opening up the opportunity to sell more memorabilia. Talk to me a little bit about the evolution of the products that you carry in shop. Right. So when we first opened, um, we we were set up with a distributor, you know, to get uh, wax, but our allocations weren't that big. We very, um, very early on, we were able to get a direct account with Panini. Uh, so that certainly bolstered our allocations of Panini product. Uh, we're able to do the same with Tops. Uh, shortly after, and then also Upper Deck. So we're we're buying direct now from all three manufacturers. So wax is certainly a, a huge part of what we do. Um, singles have expanded greatly as well, though. So we're we're always buying singles or trading for singles, uh, and certainly love the opportunity to buy collections uh, or buy in bulk, and then uh, you know work that through and get that out to customers, and so they can enjoy the cards, uh, the single cards as well, because there's. Uh, it's really, in some cases, it's it's a much different customer. The single customer is not always the same person who's, um, you know, ripping packs and boxes. Um, and we like to offer, you know, that for both on the card side. Uh, we also started carrying Pokemon cards, not single cards, not yet anyway for Pokemon. But uh, we do have the uh, the uh, boxes and packs of Pokemon cards. Uh, that is really popular uh, with kids here in the area. And, you know, being a, in a tourist area, um, uh, that becomes that becomes a prominent seller during the summertime, uh, but you know there's no shortage of adults who collect uh, Pokemon as well. On the uh, the memorabilia side, it's really just Rick has really expanded that to offer, you know, everything from you know hockey pucks and baseballs to um, you know jerseys, helmets, bats, you know, you name it, um, you know, we've got it. Uh, specialty focus here in this area. Um, is unique because we're in Michigan, but we're actually closest to uh, major major city closest is really uh, uh, Chicago. So Chicago sports, uh, Cubs, White Sox, Bears, Bulls, uh, you know, and then there's some spillover in the um, pro um, with Detroit, the Detroit market. But the college market for memorabilia is perhaps the healthiest one here with Michigan and uh, Michigan State and Notre Dame. Um, Notre Dame actually being the closest uh, to our location here. At one point, didn't I see you were also starting to offer like Hot Wheels toys and some things like that? Correct. So, yeah, Hot Wheels, we also have that. We have a, a little section that's uh, Max and Owen, one of their pet projects. 
uh, Hot Wheels. So yeah, that's a, a this gets a nice little add on sale. Um, we're not buying new Hot Wheels, so you're not necessarily coming in here seeing the same stuff that you're finding at you know the big box stores. We're buying the stuff that's been out for a while, uh, some of the chase cars and things like that. That's really what we're what we're offering here. You had touched on this earlier, but another thing that I was hoping to cover a little bit is one of the focuses that you've had since you've been open is using strategic partners. And right. you've advertised on a variety of podcasts, including including this one. You've used Dive and Love Grin, Watch the Breaks that many people know within the hobby, and a few others. Tell me a little bit about your thought process when utilizing kind of a strategic partner strategy to grow the sports car shop. Right. So uh, as you mentioned, or uh, Ivan was one of our first strategic partners as well um, in the uh, social media world. Um, we, we really, I guess I should really probably preface all this by saying that we've, we've really been aggressive um, with these strategic part, partnerships recently uh, out of necessity. Um, we, we, we recently signed a, a lease um, for our second shop in Valparaiso, Indiana. So that is coming very soon. Uh, a little going a little slower than we'd hoped uh, in terms of the opening process, but we'll get there. Um, and one of the reasons why we embarked on these strategic partnerships is because of the um, the need for additional staffing. So we have, you know, Tina and I, of course, are very active in the shop uh, as are Max and Owen uh, when they're not in school or, you know, playing baseball, basketball, football, golf, whatever sport they're in. Uh, they're also very active in the shop. Um, but with the second shop, we need more people. And we've always been challenged in the retail world and whatever retail business we've been in uh, with finding people who will be good caretakers of our businesses, um, just like we would be. Um, so there are early success with Ivan as a strategic personal par partner on social media and Rick as a memorabilia partner kind of led us to um, expand this to get the help we need in the additional shop. So we've we've partnered with three other um, hobby entrepreneurs uh, that will give us the help we need to staff the shops in return for us helping them grow their businesses. So in a way, um, the shops here in New Buffalo and Valparaiso will uh, operate as um, uh, incubators, I guess. Maybe you could say that. There's a term from the uh, from the 90s that I haven't used in a while uh, as incubators for these uh, hobby entrepreneurs to help grow their businesses. And uh, in return, they help us. Um, and, you know, we can get into the details of who they are a little bit later. If you want to, I can kind of introduce you to who they are. But they're local folks local to the area correct the ivan is the only one who's not local so he's uh, he's in nebraska but uh yeah his his partnership is pretty unique in that you know i won't steal his thunder in fact he was on your show not that long ago talking about his um being a community lead for iso commerce so i would encourage all your listeners if you didn't get a chance to listen to that uh, listen to that one and uh and um, check out ISO Commerce as a great selling platform. But, um, you know, what we do there with Ivan is, you know, we, the goal with him is to offer his followers some deals that they wouldn't normally get because you kind of reward his followers for being followers. And uh, then in turn, he obviously promotes what we do across his social channels. He uses the power of his uh, audience uh, to really help promote our business. 
that brings up something else that I wanted to touch on is, you know, when we, when we last talked, it, you were kind of focused on making sure people understand that you were open for business to anyone really across the country, right? You weren't just, right. even though you were an LCS, you were willing and, and wanting to service collectors all across the country. You wanted to have that online nationwide presence. But when it came to that online presence, you weren't really using eBay or other online marketplaces to, to get that reach. You were getting a lot of, of people reaching out directly via email or, or the phone to, to place some orders. Um, how has that strategy changed over these last couple of years? Is it pretty much the same as it was or, or has it evolved along with the rest of the, the sports card shop? Yeah, it has evolved uh, uh, because we are more active on eBay now uh, with the singles um, in particular. Uh, we, you know, there, you know, the the issues with eBay, you know, for us are, you know, obviously the cost of doing business. Now, um, I, I won't go as far as to say that it's it's not that it's cost prohibitive, but it it can be costly. We have an eBay store, of course, and we are a top rated seller. So, you know, we get decent rates, but when you, when you go back and look at, here's an example, Mike, of what I mean by cost. So when we, when we look at the cost of selling on eBay and we go back to the last, uh, I don't know, 120 days or so, uh, we look at our eBay um, fees, just total fees, and then we add in the shipping of the, the cost. Uh, we're actually paying more in eBay fees and shipping across all of our um, social, uh, I'm sorry, uh, selling platforms, uh, then we then we pay in rent at our new Valparaiso location. So if you kind of think about, you know, reach, uh, that was one of the reasons we talked about, you know, we looked at the finances of, you know, opening a second shop here in the region, we, uh, we understood that there was a need uh, in Valparaiso uh, you know, based on our research and, and based on our customer feedback in this area. Uh, Valparaiso is a thriving community. It is a very unique downtown environment. Um, uh, if you haven't been down there, if you get a chance to check it out, it is really something to see. Uh, it is, um, it's a very active retail and restaurant scene down there. They also have an ice rink, um, you know, a, a nice uh, central park where they host events, live music, you know, movies and during the summer. Uh, and there are no chain restaurants, no chain stores, no, um, uh, you know, no, no big boxes in the downtown area. Uh, all that stuff does exist in Valparaiso, but it's not downtown. So it's a really unique environment and it's done by design and it really fits very well with what we're, uh, what we're all about. Uh, so we're excited to be going there, but uh, again, getting back to the financial piece of it. So, yeah, we sell on eBay. We sell on ISO. We do some stuff on MySlabs uh, as well. Uh, but when you add all that stuff up, when you think about the cost of it and you really look at the cost of it on paper, um, you know, the cost of, of operating shop, at least from a tenancy standpoint, is less than what we're paying now uh, across those platforms. Would you would you say it's fair to to look at though? You hear that that argument a lot. You you hear the conversation about the fees on some of these online platforms, but is it would it be fair to say that that really kind of only matters if you would be able to sell those same cards in the shop at that lower rate 
Um, have you found though that selling on those other platforms allows for additional sales you wouldn't have otherwise been able to make if you weren't selling online? Yeah. So if we, you know, just from our one shop, I mean, you know, the, that's the reason why we do sell online is because we, we obviously get the, you know, worldwide reach, uh, on some of these other platforms and, you know, that's difficult to do. We also have our own website, which we sell on. Um, but you know, that doesn't have the traffic that some of these other, um, more established, you know, platforms do. So we, the eyeballs are, are certainly important. Um, but again, what we looked at, we're, we're trying to really, you know, our strategy in terms of uh, growth is, is to continue to do that. But if we can also expand our reach, you know, on a physical um, level by opening another shop. And again, one of our strategic partners runs, um, runs a, a card show, a bi-monthly card show. Uh, his name is Ben Williams, him and his wife. Uh, run a, the South Bend card show that happens bi-monthly. Uh, they're partnering with us now too. And he is now our presence uh, for the sports card shop at the shows that he runs. And he also sets up at shows around the region. So he is our presence there. Um, so if you look at our points of contact, where we'll be is we'll be um, on social media, you know, across uh, the platforms that Ivan uses. Uh, and ISO, which is very connected to social media, uh, that selling platform. We will continue to be on eBay, My Slabs. We'll be at shows regionally pretty much every single weekend now uh, with Ben representing us and HB Cards. That's the name of his company. And then we'll have two physical locations, New Buffalo and Valparaiso in the region as well. So a lot of different touch points. And that's really the that's really our, our process and our goal is to grow that way. You you've been very transparent about the sales results and kind of that customer breakdown of the shop. And many shops don't do that type of thing. Why did you feel it was important to share some of this information with the collecting community? Uh, because there, that's, that's the reason why is because, you know, I always get questions from, uh, well, different podcasters, different people in the community, you know, they all want to know what is the, the pulse of the hobby is, is a question that I hear a lot, or, you know, where's the hobby now, or what inning is the hobby in, or how is the hobby doing? And, you know, sales are down, um, cards are crashing, you know, it's what, you know, cards are way off their highs. I mean, all these buzzwords that I hear, um, don't always match up with the reality of what's happening on the front lines, at least in our shop. So um, I always just, just like to, to give a dose of reality and let people know, you know, what's happening literally on the front lines because nobody's really reporting it. I mean, even if you looked at, uh, at the highest level. So if you look at Panini, Tops, Fanatics, um, you know, nobody's really reporting those sales on a regular basis. And every shop in the country is, you know, individually owned and operated. You know, these are all small businesses. There are no, um, you know, corporations, if you will. I mean, there are some people that are trying to um, to go nationwide with their shops and, you know, like Dan Fleischman and, uh, and even uh, uh, Jimmy Mahan. Uh, they're, they're kind of expanding nationally and even internationally. Uh, but for the most part, you know, nobody is is telling people, you know, how sales are on the front line. So that's the real reason. Uh, I've always been a numbers guy when it comes to retail too, is we like to 
to plan our sales based on historical results and compare our, um, our, our results to, you know, last year at this time, you know, how did we do last month versus, uh, and then how do we do in the first quarter of this year versus last year? So I do that anyway, uh, for our own purposes. And I just felt like it would be a, a fun to share it. One of the other things that I was curious about, you know, when we talked last, you had shared that you had an extensive and your wife also has had an extensive retail experience throughout your career. That's, you know, that's been a primary focus of, of both of your careers is, is retail, but you hadn't had an right. extensive trading card or memorabilia retail experience. I always love to hear what people have learned, how they've grown over the, the times when they've had a, a specific effort or they were doing an initiative. So I would be curious to know what are some things that you have learned about the trading card business over these last few years that you've been open? Well, it is a much different retail business than any other that we've ever been in. And, and I'd venture to say um, there's no, there's no other retail concept like, trading card shops. I mean, there just isn't. Um, number one, it's a two-way marketplace in most cases. I, you know, I can't speak for every shop, but our shop is a two-way marketplace, you know, where we buy and sell. Um, so that's not necessarily unique. There are other, you know, companies that do that. Uh, what makes it unique, though, is that, you know, we do buy new product um, from direct from manufacturers uh, at wholesale and, you know, mark it up and sell it at, you know, at retail price. So, uh, there's that, but <clears throat> there is a, a large percentage of our customers that are looking to profit off what off of what they buy here in our shop, and that's possibly what makes it so unique. Because um, you know, if you go into a you know, well, let's take our other retail business from a flooring standpoint, um, for the most part, people aren't necessarily coming in to um, you know buy tile. And profit from it. Now there are those situations that might exist. If it's a contractor, he may want to, you know, mark it up ten percent to his customer and so forth and so on. But um, they're not looking to, you know, generally buy stuff and then resell it uh, on a secondary market like people are in sports cards and memorabilia. Uh, there, uh, that's a lot of of what we get here, and it certainly makes for some challenging environments sometimes. Uh, from a customer service standpoint, you'd like to really be able to make everyone happy. Uh, but that's not always possible in that type of a selling environment. Yeah, I think that is interesting. I know for my customers, that specific thing is one of the things that I love about being in the trading card business. Because at least in my experience, I found that when I'm able to sell a card at a profit, even if I'm able to leave a little bit of, of meat on the bone for that customer, the profits that they're making from then reselling ultimately come back to me anyway, because they're able mm -hmm. to kind of continue that cycle of buying, selling, making a little extra to then come back and bring into the shop and, and continue to buy more. I'm not as, I'm not sure that it's quite the same as other industries where that person is the end consumer they're they're going to either consume or or use up the the product that they're buying with this trading right. card world you know where it's kind of a, a big cycle and if you can keep that money flowing through a lot of times the money that they're making isn't going 
to things outside the hobby all the time. It's it's staying within the hobby and they're coming back and buying more in the future. I, that's one of the things that I I like most about kind of being in that in that selling world. It is. And, you know, and we encourage our, our customers to really make sure that if if they're not just, you know, collecting it, um, you know, we're always looking to, you know, buy cards, certain cards, of course. Um, you know, it's hard to it's hard to really justify buying too much junk wax when we have so much of it already. Um, but yeah, we're always looking to buy collections and and if somebody's looking to to sell some of the stuff that they don't necessarily want to hold on to uh, in order to get into something else, we're happy to to help them with that. Uh, again, because uh, oftentimes the money comes right back into um, to our shop, you know, and if we give a store credit to somebody for their collection or uh, for a handful of cards, um, more often than not, it comes back to us. So uh, yeah, that's that's definitely a unique part of the two-way marketplace. The challenging part is sometimes when people are ripping wax, um, you know, and they don't get an immediate ROI. Uh, and that, that can be difficult for some people. Um, and, and, you know, that's frustrating for us as well, uh, because we don't, we don't promote the selling of wax, um, you know, trying to tout the fact that you're going to get an immediate ROI because most times you're not, um, you know, the fact is, you know, if you look at, you know, historically, um, I don't take, let's take uh, Patrick Mahomes, for example. So when he was a rookie, um, when his rookie cards first came out, you know, there weren't as many people chasing them, certainly as there were after he, you know, won a Super Bowl. Uh, and now that he has two, uh, it's a whole different story. Mike Trout, same thing. He's, he when his, in his rookie year, his cards were not as valuable, near as valuable as they, you know, became. So if you were ripping boxes at that time and you got a Mike Trout uh, or a Patrick Mahomes, you might've been, you know, oh, okay, great. You know, set it aside and not really thought about it. Uh, but then years down the road, uh, you see what they can become. So uh, that's the fun part of wax. And then, and there are certain products that really drive that more Bowman baseball, for example, is one, uh, you know, in the prospects, you know, you can hold those cards, for a couple of years and, and not really think about them. And then all of a sudden you've got something really valuable when a guy gets called up and does well. So um, that's what we want to make sure that people understand is we don't, especially for the kids. And, you know, what's exciting about you going back to the product mix, what's exciting about what we're doing now um, really with the vendors and one distributor is that we're offering lower price products uh, here in the shop. Um, what used to be called retail products, blaster boxes, hanger boxes, mega boxes, things like that, those formats are now being offered to us from both Tops and Panini, uh, as well as one of our distributors. So we're able to bring that stuff in and be very competitive on the price of that stuff. So kids can get the experience of opening packs and boxes, uh, you know, without having to, you know, venture into a couple hundred bucks for a, for a hobby box. Well, hey, I really appreciate you spending a few minutes today. I know you're about ready to to get the shop opened up here as we're as we're chatting. Anything else that you want us to know about the sports card shop before we go today? Uh, not really. I mean, I I real I would like to just you know emphasize you know the the partnership model again. Uh, it's you know it's an experimental process for us, but we you know in addition to you know Rick and Ivan. Uh, I talked a little bit about Ben Williams from HB Cards. Uh, he's at the South Bend Card Show. We also have Scott Wilson uh, as a partner from Top Choice Sports Cards. Um, 
he's a fire a firefighter captain in the Laporte Fire Department. But when he's not doing that, uh, you can find him over on YouTube uh, previewing uh, new products as they come out. Uh, that's kind of his thing. He's not a breaker. Uh, I want to make sure to to make that, that distinction. He doesn't, you know, break sell um, spots, and he just opens them, shows them, you know, to the collector community, and then he also does some selling on eBay. Uh, and other platforms. So um, those are our partners and we're really excited because the the goal is not just to, you know, get the help that we need, but it's also for us to help them grow their businesses and for them to help each other grow. So if you look at the model, for example, now we're to the point where Ben and Rick are in conversations about um, hosting and putting on uh, another show, in addition to the South Bend card show that happens bi-monthly, they want to do something bigger and bring autograph guests in. So that's a partnership that they are able to have and help each other grow as well. And that's that's what it's all about, is all of us, you know, locally and, of course, you know, bringing Ivan in because he promotes what we do on social as well. Uh, we're all helping each other, and that's the that's the grand scheme. Let people know where they can find the sports card shop. So our new Buffalo um, location is at 18853 U.S. Highway 12 in New Buffalo, Michigan. And coming soon to Valparaiso, Indiana, we'll be at 118 Lincoln Way. That's in the heart of downtown Valparaiso. Uh, and, of course, you can always find us online, uh, Twitter and Instagram at underscore sports card shop. And our um, website is thesportscardshop.com. Very cool. Thanks again, Rex. Thanks, Mike. It's been great to see the success that Rex and the Sports Card Shop have had over these last few years. I love the unique approach that he takes, the transparency in the results of the shop, the increase in square footage, and using that space strategically to be able to make it more of a community hangout. The intentionality that he has around the strategic partners that he uses to further his business and also help them grow his their businesses, and also the initiative to get set up with direct accounts from the card manufacturers themselves so that he could cut out that dependence on the middleman of the distributor. I love the approach that he's taken. I can't wait to see how things go with their second location. And I'm looking forward to seeing the results of that initiative too. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. A little bit of a look behind the scenes of an LCS. Something that we don't get to always see every day. Rex is one of those that is doing it right. And I wanted to make sure that everybody out there got a chance to hear directly from him. That is all I have for you today. So I'll catch you next time.